Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray. And for this episode, Kurt Fitzpatrick joins us once again for a non-Oscar-based show. I've given him a break, and I, I, I let him uh, choose the topic here. And this will be the kind of the second time we were looking at uh, the career of one Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, many episodes ago, we had a Schwarzenegger versus Stallone uh, show with Matt Bledsoe as, as the guest, the... Uh, the host of uh, Film Feast, and I had a great discussion there, and we had some overlapping movies with where they both were in it, and then some where they were the, the stars by themselves. This time it's all Schwarzenegger, the whole show. Um, even There is an appearance by Stallone, and we'll get to it at, at, at one point here. Um, but the idea here is we were kind of going for uh, or you were, you were suggesting a late career Schwarzenegger episode. I think I'm going to call this Post Governor Schwarzenegger as as an episode title. Um, so because it was was kind of your your push and your idea, Kurt. Um, welcome back, first of all. And what Thank was you. it about late career Schwarzenegger that you wanted to explore? Well, first of all, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger said in a recent interview he plans to live forever. I came across mm -hmm. that, so I was thinking this might be mid career Schwarzenegger. Maybe. Um, maybe because he's doing some kind of Netflix show now also it's a tell-all documentary about his life and the good oh no bad and it life. is it is i thought i thought he was doing like okay it's, I, I didn't know that i haven't i think it's about it him is. and his divorce and oh yeah and his rise to fame and goes highlights of his career that's what i think i don't know i haven't i haven't watched it i don't i think, think okay maybe i should have done some i said i went into this without doing any real research uh he's in something called fubar and Fubar is an upcoming action comedy television series. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger in his first leading role in a scripted live action television series. This is on Netflix. It comes and maybe is it out? It's 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 either coming out soon or it's on Netflix. So so and, that's exciting. But you asked yeah. me why I was interested in this um, because some years ago somebody had told me that these late period Arnold Schwarzenegger movies were actually pretty good. They said, they said, you know, these movies are actually good. I never even bothered to watch them, but then I had an opportunity uh, to see the last stand. I said, I'll give this a shot. You know, we'll be discussing the last stand. I was really impressed by this movie. I thought this movie, if this had come out in the eighties, it would have been a huge hit. It was, I, I, I feel that it's better than a lot of his, his sort of like B-level movies in the 80s that were big hits, like The Running Man. Really well done. Uh, a great supporting cast. And, and I'm not going to, we'll discuss it more, but I, when I yeah. saw this, and then you asked me if there was some kind of a movie genre I would be interested in, I, I said, well, I'd love to explore more of the work that he's been doing. And it, it, it truly was very interesting. You know, he's, he's, um, it's very interesting for for one of the reasons it's interesting is because his movie career was, was pretty much over. You know, he yeah. went into politics, and it was my understanding that he basically was through with movies. His movies were kind of his movie career had kind of run out of steam to some degree. You know, he had a really good run. He had, a, I mean, he had a great run, yeah. and they and they they ran out of steam a little bit. And then, of course, you know, he decides to do something else. He's governor of California. But then he has, an, I, I believe it, what kind of messed things up, he had a 
affair with the cleaning woman or something like that. And they had a maybe, but yeah, and then somebody, somebody in the house, and that like ruined the marriage. Kind of like I don't in really with the, with all the shenanigans that have happened. I, I don't even. It's, it's hard to believe that even that was a scandal, but you know, shenanigans with everybody with other people. But yeah. that apparently kind of um, kind of. Uh, Dampered his political career because I think there was interest in him possibly running for president if they could have if they could have adjusted the um the you know the the rule that you have to be born in the U.S. You know there was there was there was discussion of maybe adjusting that and then Arnold could run for president. Well, Arnold wasn't running for president anymore after this all this stuff. Yeah. So what does he do? He goes back into movies, and this isn't like we're okay. We're going to talk about the. Ex- Bendable. So he does, there's a kind of a role he plays there. But he went back into movies like, you know, doing really interesting work, taking risks that I hadn't, mm-hmm. that I didn't see him do yeah. before. You know, it's like a bonus round we get of Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of our most beloved people. When I was in English class in high school, we had to write a paper on who we considered a hero. And I wrote, I wrote a paper about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Around <laughs> that time, that, I grew. Let me tell you, you're about the same age as I am, I I believe. Mm -hmm. So I, I, for me, it was like the Terminator was probably one of the first like adult movies that I really got into. We we love the Terminator, and then it wasn't until after I was out of high school, right after high school, this Terminator Two movie comes out. (laughs) Now I'm telling you, I'm getting goosebumps. It's like a religious experience. Like we never saw anything like that, and you know, like now. So I'm a little older than I was then, and now it's like you see movies, and movies aren't. A lot of times, movies aren't quite as exciting as it's. it's all, most of the time, it's something you kind of seen before. We never, never saw anything at that age. Never saw anything like that. None of us saw anything like that. Yeah. I see these people turning into this like this gray matter and going through bars. Ah, oh, what a movie! Like what a what a fantastic experience. It, it was you know? pure magic. Like nobody. Uh, it's hard to describe because because um, modern audiences have gotten so used to special effects and those types of special effects. What what a phenomenon that and the fact that it was a sequel and yeah. was arguably a better than the original. The original's great. That was the Terminator was part of that um, that episode of Schwarzenegger versus Stallone, um, but um, an amazing just upgrade. I mean, it really. Was however, however you saw it, it was just uh, it was unbelievable. I think people have become kind of complacent with that kind of thing now. Plus the yeah, marketing, yeah. the marketing now gives away everything. I mean, there isn't it doesn't seem like there's as, as many surprises or as much joy with with the releases. We're about to go into the summer of 2023, and we're while well, we're in it, there's a lot of uh, the big movies are out right now. But I, I just haven't been paying that much attention. I mean, I know the ones that I'm kind of wanting to to see for nostalgia's sake, but I just, I'm going in with I, super low expectations. So I could, I could tell you that the movie, the movie total recall came out the day I graduated from high school. And I remember a kid I went to high school with was, was like, in all seriousness, he's like, why do we have to graduate today? <laughs> total <laughs> recall. It's odd. I don't, yeah. 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 No, I, I get that. I, what I an amazing know. time to grow up, and, I have to say. <laughs> and that was like Annoyed a magical yeah. movie too. I mean, that was like uh, those are two kind of hard, hard R films at that time. 
Um, yeah, I, I wasn't as big a big a fan of that. I mean, True Lies, I love, and I like the I of course Conan. <laughs> yeah, those are so much yeah. fun. Yeah. I wasn't as big, I wasn't as big a fan of Total Recall. I, it's it's the movie I could revisit, I guess. But I remember I didn't quite enjoy that as much as some of the others. I just remember it being so over the top, and I was I wasn't used to. I didn't know the director Paul Verhoeven or anything about this guy and the types of movies he would make. And you know now it makes a lot of sense to me. But I, I remember being I, I had a reaction to it. It wasn't as as strong as Terminator 2. I think Terminator 2 is a better film than Total Recall, but but I remember being as blown away by that as I was uh, Terminator 2. So, I mean, I've, I've been a Schwarzenegger fan all along. I think I got a little bit tired of it too, but it's interesting. This is almost like a, an indie film, Schwarzenegger, that we have now, even though we will be talking about a couple of, um, and we will be reviewing a Terminator movie in here, a couple of franchises, but uh, the other four we look at are, are relatively small movies. Some of them I don't really recall uh, a theatrical release for even, but they were interesting to explore. And that, uh, some of them were first time watches for me. And you, you were kind of updating me uh, throughout as, as you were watching movies. And I got a little bit of a sense that it wouldn't be the first time this has happened, but we might be in different places with some of the, some of the films we're talking about, which is not, not necessarily a bad thing. I'll, I'll tell you one, one thing that was interesting about this this episode is I I do a guesstimate of points after I watch a movie and then I go back and see if it adds up and kind of reassess it. This this show I actually had to add points to movies. I had low low browed with my points quite a bit. Oh, you okay? So you gave these movies that some rough points well okay so so I'm, I'm not sure that i'm giving thumbs up to everything that we're going to be talking about but i i don't regret a moment of watching any one of these six and, and i don't either and i wouldn't give thumbs. i'm not giving thumbs up to everything either i do have some criticisms yeah and i may even call you out on making me watch a movie that i almost got could have gotten through life without seeing but it happened okay <laughs> that's right at well, the top I, I feel awful about that right at the top I always tell people I don't. I don't want them to. Have to <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. That's fine. It's okay. Well, you can if you want. And I don't it, want you to feel awful about it. <laughs> it makes for good podcasting, I think. I'm just having fun. <laughs> and, and you can forever throw in. You were right about Jamie Lee Curtis, so you can always throw that in too. Yeah, well, I saw Jamie. on Facebook you watched a movie called Dog versus Ape or something like that. What was that movie you watched? And I thought this guy. <laughs> It was for uh, the action movie challenge. I was that the name of it? Was that was it called Dog versus Ape? No, it wasn't Dog. It was um, what was it? Ape versus some creature. Right? It's very forgettable. It, it, it was it was not great. Eric Roberts, who we're going to be talking about in the show, oddly. Oh enough, yeah, yeah. Um, was the biggest name uh, in, in the film. <laughs> And he looks like most of his performance was shot at a different time. Like, you know, it was just him and a camera operator. And there's points when he just doesn't seem to be looking in the right direction. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I little challenges. I like to find something I haven't seen before or not go with the most obvious. So I didn't want to do like a <laughs> Jason versus Freddy or Alien versus Predator or any of those. You know, Dog I, versus I, Ape. So it was... <laughs> It wasn't dog, but I, no. I like else. how you you justify this. It's like you're on the you're, <laughs> you're on like the witness stand or something. 
<laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> just having fun. I'll, I'll go through the movies that, that we're going to talk about. So we are going to start off with uh, Sylvester Stallone directed The Expendables. Then we're going to take a look at The Last Stand, which you mentioned, which was kind of a, a catalyst for this episode. We're going to take a look at two, 2014 movie called Sabotage, a little bit more of a traditional uh, action movie, I would say, from Schwarzenegger. Then we're going to look at a very interesting, um, the, the height of zombie movies, the Schwarzenegger zombie movie, which was not what people thought, uh, 2015's Maggie, uh, also starring uh, Abigail Breslin. Then we're going to take a look at uh, another, on the dramatic side, film from Schwarzenegger, a side he didn't always show in his uh, earlier part of his career, Aftermath. Then we have to have a Terminator movie, and it's the most recent, as of time of recording this Terminator movie, Terminator Dark Fate from uh, 2019. So those are the six movies that we're reviewing. Any thoughts as far as introduction before we start reviewing these individually? Uh, no, I don't. You mean like introducing uh, any... Or- Schwarzenegger or the general light mix of the movies or anything else you'd like to say before we... Oh, no, it's, it, is a, it is a mix. Yeah. A mix. I would say that I don't think many, many, of these, many of these movies were not financially successful. I, I um, don't think so. My understanding is Terminator was a huge bomb. Um, yeah. Expendables probably was a hit. It made money. Yeah. 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 But these other ones, uh, another one's not so much. Um, I, I don't think so. But they didn't have the, uh, the budgetary expectations that Expendables and Terminator had, I don't think so. And I hadn't heard of these movies. And, and some of these movies I really wasn't even familiar with. Like uh, Sabotage, I hadn't I hadn't heard of that at all until you suggested it. Aftermath, I think I saw, I think it was on Netflix for a little while and I came across that like once. I didn't watch it, but yeah, I wasn't that, these movies weren't really out in the world as much, I don't think. No, there were ones that came came along and it was, it was like all those straight to streaming Bruce Willis movies of the last few years or like, you know, there, there've been a lot of like the, the, you know, eighties and nineties action stars have been in these, these ones that would show up on streaming services or different places. And we just wouldn't know a whole lot about them. And uh, I think sometimes there's some interesting stuff in them that, you know, people should check out, even if they aren't getting the, uh, the press of other uh, films there. are the world's greatest mercenaries. The only life they've ever known is war. The only loyalty they've ever had is to each other. Drop your guns! Put the four on the left. Why don't you take the two on the right and leave the rest? You're not that fast anymore. Oh, here we go. The only thing faster is... Light. Exactly. We'll see. pieces of work. Two will walk in a park, one to hell and back. So, we are working for the agency. I gotta recon this island first. The only thing you need to know is the job's real and the money's real. Give this job to my friend here. He loves playing in the jungle. Right? Right. It's his problem. Is that the contact? Follow me, please. People who fight back are killed. Now we have a dying place. Maybe you can help. I don't think so. How you I'd leave. What's wrong with this picture? Everything. We don't have the manpower, the firepower. We'd be dead in the water. Great. They got a small army. What do we got? Four and a half men. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, it's not easy being your friend. We will kill this American disease. 
Because I promised myself that when I die for something counts. People live through terrible times, but you must believe you can survive. Ten seconds, you won't believe what's gonna happen. What happened to you? I got my ass kicked. You're welcome. Every one of us is expendable. Yeah, so on the previous uh, Stallone versus Schwarzenegger uh, episode, I had uh, reviewed The Expendables 2. And I, I said at, at that time, and I stand by it, that The Expendables 2 is the best one in the series of three. I think there's possibly a fourth one coming up. This one, I I would argue, is 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 the weakest one. I think part of the problem with it, and I actually enjoyed it, believe it or not, more this time than the first time I saw it. I think the first time I saw it, it was like a kind of a mild thumbs down. It's kind of crept up to a mild thumbs up for me. But I think Stallone was was trying to get this big ensemble, this big idea going. And so he co-wrote it, he directed it, and he starred in it. And I think he was spread a little bit too thin. And then some of the weaknesses in the film are because I think he was trying to do too many things. In the later episodes, he has uh, a different director. And I think that actually, particularly with Expendables 2, I think that works to uh, the film's benefit. Here's what I appreciate about the Expendables. And I think this was part of Stallone's ideas. It's giving work to these 80s and 90s action stars who haven't been given due for a few years are not connected to the Marvel Universe or any of these other DCs or any of these other things. And it was also bringing back kind of the, the, the pure idea of action where we have fight choreography, we have practical effects, we have explosions, we have car chases. And uh, it also, I mean, I really think it does in its, its violent scenes, it brings the red. It doesn't hold back on that, at least in this chapter. What I found myself doing on my strengths and weaknesses as we were going through, a lot of it kind of depended on the the actor and how I felt about the action star who got, you know, thrown in and who did who really stepped up and who was not very good. And it was a little bit of a, to me, a bit of a 50-50 type of a thing. An actor that I'm not sure I'm an enormous fan of, he's big in the action circles, is Jason Statham, but I, I personally, I think he's the best part of of the Expendables. This this first uh, chapter, his character is a little bit of an arc, a bit of a subplot with with uh, his, his 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 girlfriend there. I think all of that, on the whole, pays off. I also love Mickey Rourke. No matter what's happened to him over the years, I'm a big fan of his certainly his performance in The Wrestler and his his early work in his heyday there. He comes in and he has a nice sort of uh, uh, supporting role in here as well. I think those are scenes that I really enjoyed. I appreciated what Stallone was doing. There, there is a bit of self-referential, and each of the each of the chapters does have this, some more than others. There is that scene, and it so having this as a Schwarzenegger show is kind of up for debate because it's a glorified cameo he has. But I would say if you haven't seen the other ones, 
his character continues on through the series. But there's a, a scene with Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, and Sylvester Stallone that happens in this church. And there's a, a bit of a thing as, as Schwarzenegger's leaving, Willis and Stallone are having this conversation. And there's this line that says, oh, he wants to be president, which goes together with what you were saying about the original plan that Schwarzenegger had after being governor of California that he wanted to run for president. Uh, there's some bits like that which might not play that well. Depends on if you're in the mood for it. If whatever reason last weekend, I was in the mood for this. It was, there, it's not deep. The plot is basically this team of, of action stars. They get hired out to do these jobs. And in this case, they're supposed to take out this South American dictator, but on this island. And when they get there, they realize that there's a former FBI agent who is kind of uh, the the puppet master uh, behind this uh, South American uh, dictator, and it becomes a little bit of a, a bit of a rescue battle and to complete this mission. And again, ultimately, they need to get paid. Jet Li is in the movie. I really like Jet Li, but every time he's asked about why he's doing different things, he says, "I need money. I need money for my kids." Cool. So maybe it's not the most noble of reasons that they're gathering together, even though there's a little bit of a Stallone trying to rescue this pretty girl who's a revolutionary, but also is the uh, the president's daughter. Again, I think a lot of these things work, but you could easily cross your arms and not have a good time with this movie, and I would understand it completely. But I've I, I kind of half like this series because of what it represents. It's a little bit more of how action movies used to be versus the world we're in now with the billion dollar superhero movies that are dominating everything. And here's a chance for it's a superhero series without it actually being about superheroes, just about great action stars of the past and I still think in many ways are currently they are, even if they are a bit older. So yeah. that's my uh, overview of Expendables. And I okay. get the sense Expendables wasn't your favorite thing. Oh, well, you know, I was, I was just, I was just giving you a hard time earlier. Cause it, I, I, you know, this movie, so this movie's been around for 13 years and I have not watched any of the Expendables movies. Um, I'm glad I watched it. Um, my take on it was that, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, God bless the Sylvester Stallone who takes a huge swing, works his ass off to mm -hmm. to keep himself relevant. Yes. And he and he and he he's and and he he he's, he succeeds at it. And I when he made he made a, a Rocky Rocky Balboa, I thought that was very good. I thought yeah. he did a great job with that movie. And this is some years after that, and it just. It um it looked to me like I don't know the whole background of this this movie, but looked to me like he landed Jason Strathern, who was at least like 13 years ago. He was he, I think he would be considered like an A-lister at that point, yeah, and in in a, in a major role of the movie. So he was so it was now it was it was sly if I may call him that, and Jason Strathern, and then rounded out the cast with E-listers like. Dolph Lundgren and Eric Roberts and yes. they were a couple. Oh, unfortunately, Mickey works a little bit of a lister. Um, uh, and um, and cameos, just little cameos like Bruce Willis is in it, you mm. know, uh, very briefly. Now to address the Arnold Schwarzenegger's role in this movie, so this movie came out. This movie was was made and released when he was still governor. So this was kind of like. In the scene, it's actually in a church. So yeah. Sly is meeting with Bruce Willis. 
And then you could see in the back of the church, the doors open like it's the resurrection of Christ. The light light is blaring through, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's the it's it's like the it's a little heavy handed here. Yes, yes. It's like look who we got to be in this movie, and he, kind of, he walk, walks down the aisle as if he's marrying himself. And you never see. Um, you never see the three of them all in the same shot. I noticed that. There's a part where there's a Bruce. I, there's a part where they kind of are, but it's not really Bruce. You can see it's like a, a you know, mm-hmm. a, it's only the back of his head, so it's not. It, it's not. It uh, it's not really him. I don't think. So and then it's yeah, and then it's like these quips, like he wants to be president. Oh look, like uh, Sylvester Stallone's like, oh, it looks like you put on some weight, you know. I said, what are you? You haven't been in a movie in a long time. Go back to the governor place. Uh, wherever the governor lives um and so so that's kind of what it was it was like a you know it was a it was it was a, a walk on by the governor as opposed to like the the work we've that he did in some of the future movies um the movie is ridiculous there's a there's a part in it where uh Sylvester Stallone and Jason Strathern fight and kill an army yes they do an, yeah. an entire army yeah they take these people in yeah, they're surrounded. Then, then Sylvester Stallone shoots Dolph Lundgren. He's such a good shot that he, he shoots him two inches above his heart. Yes, he does. <laughs> and then he leaves him there. He goes, oh, I shot you two inches above the heart. And he's like, well, I guess that means I'm going to die. <laughs> it does sound pretty bad. He just leaves him there. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler, it's absolutely ridiculous. This is after Dolph Lundgren completely betrayed them. Yes. And Sylvester Stallone shoots him. He's fine. He's fine. Like, hey, Dolph Lundgren's here. Let's have a big party. And they're all oh, gee, throwing awesome. darts. Yeah. yeah, they're all throwing darts and stuff. It's like this guy who's betraying you. He's trying to kill Jet Li. And then you shot him in, almost in the heart. Aren't there heart valves? I guess somebody must have done some research on this. I can't be. Can't be good. You could bleed out at the very least. I, I would expect so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm with you on some of this. I, I think. Now, the- look. It. It it is it it can't not be entertaining because yeah. every everywhere you look something's, something's happening, you know. It, it, <laughs> and it, I, I mean, it brings the action. There's lots of excitement. I I think if you, any of these movies, if you think about it too hard, like in the action genre, you're always going to win. The movie's not going to win. I mean, there's you know we we've seen you know even the masters of like John Woo have these shootouts where our our hero has a perfect aim and like a million machine guns are, are aiming at this person and not one of them hits, but perfect shot every time. So, okay, I'll go back to the Schwarzenegger thing and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the other bits there. But okay. the, the other thing that the movie plays on very cleverly, I think is the fact that Schwarzenegger and Stallone hated each other in the eighties and nineties. <clears throat> like they, to the point where they would make it seem like they were going to be signing on to these really bad scripts but they were in such competition for the same roles that the other person would end up signing into it thinking that the there's getting away with a role of from Schwarzenegger yeah. alone i know what you're talking um, about I, I i believe and i I'm, i may be the only person in the world that likes this movie but stop or my mom will shoot um <laughs> I, I think that was a, a thing where schwarzenegger was acting like he was gonna sign on to that role and Stallone was trying to get into comedy because Schwarzenegger had had twins and 
kindergarten cop and a bunch of successful comedy. So he was trying to get in with Oscar. And, and so he thought, oh, if Schwarzenegger's interested in this, this must be a great role. And this will be a chance for me to, you know, beat him in, in comedy as well as action. So they, they really didn't like each other. I think things Judge Dredd, there was some sort of a thing where Schwarzenegger... I, yeah, they, like there, there was a big, big competition for all of these different roles, but they had reconciled, but they were playing up on that in that scene big time that they're insulting each other and they're part of rival groups trying to get this job from Bruce Willis right. and, and Stallone wins out on, on that front. And, and then they, uh, they have all this kind of meta dialogue there. So you go with it or you don't. I mean, we're going to have everybody in this movie and and, and more to come in the sequels. Yeah, and, he's, he keeps adding people. I think he yeah, adds yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Looks like Harrison Ford was in one of them. I, I'd encourage you to keep watching. I, I think there two is is the best. Three is a lot of fun. It's just not quite as good as, as two. And the people who get added, they, they add a lot of color and even more energy to this uh, this idea here that I think ultimately works. It probably works better pre-COVID when more people were going to movie theaters, but I, I, I still think there's there's something in this Expendables formula that is is worthwhile. That would It would be a fun movie to watch with an audience. I it can would, see that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, and, he's and in I, too, and, that, and she's in there. You know, there, it's... Look who it is. That's like when I went to see that... St- Star Trek movie and Tyler Perry popped up in the movie and I heard somebody in the theater go, Ooh, look who it is. <laughs> People <laughs> do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, can I tell a little story? I know this is a little bit of a side, but this is just like a movie experience I had. Go for it. I, I, I love this. <clears throat> when I went to see, um, I went to, I, I don't remember the movie I went to see. It was, it was, it was, it was something. And there was this guy sitting in the back. He's like, he's in a, just, apropos of nothing i just want to describe the guy he was in a wheelchair and he's wearing this big like vietnamese hat like viet you know hats you would see vietnamese people wearing um and they show a trailer for men in black this is years ago and he sees this and he just yells at it he goes he goes shit they should show that shit now you know and then they show a trailer for Bride of Chucky. Now he's so amped up. Show it now! Show it now! Like he he was yelling, demanding the projections to get that movie on. He can't wait. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's it is a great experience. I used to get like kind of annoyed like, going to the movies for a while, and then it's like something would things will be happening around me and it's like it's like the distracting me from the movie but then i kind of just i just allowed myself to experience all the some of the crazy stuff happening that could be happening in a movie theater and i, I allowed that to be part of just the experience of seeing the movie <laughs> but anyway back to the expendables i did enjoy it <laughs> yeah off, yeah off air i'm gonna tell you a few stories of you know ones where i got annoyed and yeah, there there've been a lot of a, a lot of those. There've been ones that've been a lot of fun, and there are ones that have been really annoying that have happened. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, the movie I did I did enjoy the action. I, I it's it's a fun movie. It got to be a little too much after a while because it, it gets to the point where it's just to me the action stuff. It just gets overwhelming. They're 
just blowing like they blew up an entire island or something like that. It just yeah, the, it the gets a little afterwards. Like what are they left with at the end of this movie? I mean, nothing. They just they're, they're they're the, well, the first visit they really did some damage, and then and yet they're kind of supposed to be freeing this island from this tyrant, right? They I, freed the island from the people living on it. <laughs> Who wants to live there now? But you know, I I would agree with you. My two least favorite performances. My least favorite is Dolph Lundgren. This was his first like theatrical movie in in years. I, I guess so. So maybe I shouldn't be too yeah. hard on his acting. But every line delivery is kind of terrible. Uh, he's wooden. He's you know he's supposed to be supposed to have a little bit of an arc here. And I was hoping he had been killed. Actually, I I I I'd forgotten that he that he came back at the end. Of, of the movie there and i was just like oh oh is he in the other ones i he, he must be i just i maybe i've blocked him out because i just have not uh i remember not liking his performance the first time and probably liking it even less this time and yeah it, that arc is ridiculous i mean it starts off with him just getting out of control and wanting to hang uh this pirate after this rescue operation which then there's this idea that he's using like he's some sort yeah, of drug addict or something and and then he he goes and he he somehow gets to this island i don't know how and he's then in cahoots with the big bad and i guess my other problem the big bad being uh eric roberts now eric roberts has had some good performances he's had some bad performances he's said some like that eight movie you were talking about where like, yeah. okay like is he that desperate for money he must be yes. to be appearing in some of these you know what his situation is he he appears in like everything he does yeah. any anything that he gets offered he will act so, in. Yeah. He acts in i i read this as a legitimate thing he acts in real estate real estate videos like people who are okay. like this is like really high-end houses and so they actually will make a real a video of the house with and they will have like showing a family living in this house and eric roberts has actually been hired to be one of the family members in these real estate videos <laughs> so it's not like he's hosting it or something he's no he's, he's an actor for hire he's the father and the family of this yeah okay i have not seen those that would be an uh, nobody sees them except for, nobody sees them except for people who are in that area and have yeah. those, those yeah. videos available <laughs> so do not do anything but you know He's an Academy Award nominated actor, but he, he's a pretty weak villain. And when you see the other two movies, the quality of villain gets much, much higher with the later entries. And again, he's another one. His performance isn't very good. He's saying all this stuff to seem like he's really arrogant and tough, but it's not making a ton of sense. There's this one scene where he makes this appearance in, in this market. And for reasons I don't understand, he knocks over this whole... Somebody's trying to sell apples on the street. And he, he knocks over all the apples and just to show how big a villain he is, I guess. But that <laughs> the scene has no, other than apparently it's like Stallone spotting this guy in the street or something. That That's that's the only point of it. But he, it wasn't like <laughs> Stallone's apples or anything. Knows he's, he's got uh, an entourage of, of, of bad guys and then he comes out and knocks over the apples and that's pretty much it He's and then insult to injury <laughs> you know, stone cold steve austin is is kind of the the other henchman or his his number yeah, two why was he even there like what just because Stallone had a week was off. everybody who yeah. was a wrestler or an action star or or whatever I, i've never been a fan of him in any Kind of whether there's a wrestler or whatever he does that is a bit of a realistic moment which i have some criticisms and other 
Expendables movies for this, he beats the crap out of Stallone in one scene. And that would happen. Yeah. I, I, He is bigger and he's tougher than Stallone. I believe yeah, that would happen. But then, then they just, regroup and they figure out something else is that team of six that take on two armies worth of people there. But, it, I mean, it's not my favorite of the list we're talking about. But I think you could do a lot worse than the Expendables. Sure. And I would probably... I, I, I'm interested in potentially watching some other ones just to see. Because I imagine it just keeps going more and more over the top more and more adding adding whoever he could just hands on i i think the quality of filmmaking improves okay you know, well, there, there are less less glitches i think in in the, in the later ones but uh it's it's a subjective thing um some people might like this one the most of the three and not like the other ones but for me it's be two three and and then one would be kind of my uh my ranking of the three expendable movies to this point so Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about the Expendables before we move on? No, I think that's it. Lot, lot, lots of interesting people to talk about too, and I guess I'll do a little bit of a, a shout out to an actor that I I kind of like. He he was on the TV show Dexter. David Zayas. He's yeah. Guy, he, he's not particularly great in this movie, I don't think, but he's the he's playing the uh, the dictator, and he looks good in his costume, and he looks tough and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a better actor than this role, but I'm sure he was excited that Stallone called him up and said, do you want to be in this movie? And, you know, he, he has a good role. And his relationship with his daughter is kind of interesting. So there was some, a couple things. I liked seeing him as well, because I was a big fan of that show for the first four seasons. And I, I got to see him one time. I worked with him on an episode of um, Law and Order Criminal Intent. Okay. Yeah, so I got to be on a set with him at one time. So yeah. nice guy. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. What you could tell. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Just happy yeah. to see him having work after the success of that show. Oh! oh. <laughs> That'll put another O in the elephant right there, boys. Oh. I thought he wasn't working today. Hey Ray, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Wow, you're looking jacked, Ray. You've been working out. Give me the damn thing. prisoner is cartel boss Gabriel Cortez, waiting to transport him through Vegas to a maximum security prison. The cartel is here. Sheriff John Bannister, FBI. I have a violent fugitive making a run for the Mexican border. A couple of truckers that stopped in town. There's something off about them. Complete your mission. Let me cross that border. Something big is going on here. I want a roadblock right here now. Several officers down. What kind of car is this? The Zero One. Faster than any chopper. Owen's here. What can I do for you? Some smart ass is flying a jet plane around out here with no lights on. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not gonna let that guy come through our town without a fight. I love the way he walks. And I love the way he talks. How are we gonna go up against all that firepower? Bang, 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 bang. I got an idea. He's my little Nazi killer. You have more ammo? How, how, how? You never know. Oh. 
Are you sheriff? Old. Boom. Who the hell are you? Bad. I'm the sheriff. The movie that kind of prompted this show was you had watched The Last Stand. Uh, this is directed by Kim Ji Wong. And I think this was a film that kind of announced Schwarzenegger's back doing movies. And um, I had heard mostly good things about about this one. And so I I was excited to, to watch it. I hadn't I hadn't seen it before. And I I think there are a lot of a lot of positives in it. I have some criticisms. I think I may not like it as much as you do, but I, I like it enough to recommend it. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of potential. I think it's a great role for Schwarzenegger. And this started this thing where he was playing, trying to play kind of ordinary people, even though he is such a, a hulking figure. But this kind of made sense in this one. He's, he's in this small town and he's a small town sheriff. But he used to be in Los Angeles, and he saw some things and experienced some things, and now he's happier to be in this kind of quieter life. But he's he's ended up in uh, a situation where he starts off and he spots some characters that don't seem like they belong in the town. Most of the town is gone because there's a football game, and they've all piled onto a bus and gone to a different town for a football game. Um, okay. And... So that's a good time for a rather elaborate prison break and this kind of drug kingpin who they are trying to, in a super fast car, get, I, I guess, back to Mexico and gets, um, there's a, this bridge in this town that crosses into Mexico that has been constructed by uh, the people who are connected to this criminal organization somehow. All right. Um, well, hold up, hold up. Even this premise is I'm trying to describe it, but that's you defended the expendables. You you, you can't yeah. act like this is ridiculous. I I I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not saying it's ridiculous. It's just it's the setup for this <laughs> this movie, okay. which ultimately then Schwarzenegger again outnumbered, and he he's got some very very green rookie cops under him, and uh, there's this town football star who's now a drunk who's in the drunk tank or something, but then they, they release him because he has some skills, and they use the crazy gun guy in town, and they, they have this last stand against these people who are this guy who's trying to get through before the, uh, the FBI agent led by Forrest Whitaker, great actor. I'm not sure what he's doing in this, in this role, in this movie, um, but he, he's there and, you know, yeah, he is. Uh, he's there and underestimating Schwarzenegger as as, as you would expect in the, the tropes of this type of a movie um, would go. And and then like that last stand, I, I, I'm kind of, a, I like Westerns and I like actions which drop, kind of go back to Westerns. There's, there's a little bit of a, a Western quality to this, this uh, movie that I think, Mm-hmm. works well I, I i guess one of my hang-ups with this one is at one point we see the great harry dean stanton as this farmer yeah yeah i blink and he's out of the movie we have jackasses Joni knoxville as the crazy gun guy who is this museum or whatever and gets <laughs> recruited for the team if we could take his screen time and give it to an actor, Harry Dean Stanton, and have Johnny Knoxville if you want to have him in the movie to get the younger crowd out, or I don't know what, but have him in for a uh, two blink cameo and have him out of the film. That would be 
a benefit to this movie because it was a okay. complete waste of Harry Dean Stanton, who is still one of the great actors of his generation. And Johnny Knoxville's distracting through the whole thing. And I'm not a Johnny Knoxville fan. I will say that. I, I don't like the jackass things or any of that. So having him as part of this movie lowered the overall quality for me. Even though it's supporting, he isn't he isn't the lead. There's a lot of good actors. I like Jamie Alexander, uh, for example, who is the uh, the younger uh, female deputy. So I, I like, uh, like the things I like, it is, the violence is there that I would expect from an action movie like this. There's kind of a fun car chase that happens. Like cat and mouse business in that, uh, kind of in that cornfield between Stallone and the, and the drug kingpin guy towards the end Stallone. seen on the bridge i thought was excellent but um, said Stallone. sorry schwarzenegger uh, schwarzenegger thank you yeah <laughs> i was talking about Stallone, and now I'm, okay um using it too yeah and they're not uh, they get, they're not interchangeable yeah anyway um <laughs> but there's some other pieces here i knew the second like in the first scenes of the movie when like that guy who is that car and he's being a real jerk i was like Okay, that car is going to get totally destroyed. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That stupid scene where they're shooting meat at uh, Johnny Knoxville's place. Peter Stormart, like, I like that actor. He was in one of my favorite movies of all time, Fargo. But every time he's in a movie, I know exactly, like, he is he's a villain. Like, I, I, I don't always think he's he's well used as sometimes he, he could be, like, a super creepy character, like, in Minority Report or, or Fargo, but... Most of the time, he's just told to do that thing. And he, this was one of the weakest attempts I've seen, you know, okay. and he wasn't even kind of the main villain. But I mean, he was he was there to do harm to Harry Dean Stanton. So I, I, I thought that was a little bit on the nose casting. But yeah, and I, I also wasn't quite sure that, you know, we have this whole subplot is convoluted about this agent who's flipped over and is in league with the the drug kingpin, but it seems like the entire force of the FBI, all the power of the FBI was was going to try to to rescue this agent who they feel has been kidnapped, is in trouble. There's great concern about that, which I don't think would, mm-hmm. would actually happen. Like they would put that many people's lives in danger. I believe they would be trying to stop this kingpin and figuring out other ways to do that. But some of some of the, the chasing and all that didn't didn't seem to work that well another actor completely wasted in this movie louise guzman he's yeah he's also part of schwarzenegger's police force but he just seems like he's there to be comic relief or you know he's part of one kind of interesting action scene but i I just don't think he's as interesting as as he is in other in other movies so i guess i'm kind of divided along the line of the actors i like i think i like the premise of it, I think some subplots and some other things could have been scaled back. And if we had just had a, like a straight up people invade this quiet town and we have a sheriff with this big city experience and has to battle these people who've come in and are terrorizing the town, that might have been a more interesting movie than this other one, which involved kingpins and FBI agents and Johnny Knoxville. How many times have I said Johnny Knoxville? All yeah, of those, you don't like him. I, I don't. I don't care for him at all. But I, I think there was potential for a great movie in here. Instead, we have a pretty good movie, and that's that's where I stand on The Last Stand. Yeah. I think you like this movie a lot more than I do. I thought it was very good. It also it maybe was part of my excitement of seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie like this again because it's been many years. So that that was probably a lot of it. The experience here um i didn't know it had the supporting cast that it did i was very surprised to see forrest whitaker who i believe yes. won an oscar he is yeah he's, 
Has he, has he won? Has he won two Oscars? One Oscar for uh, the last King for, of Scotland. Okay, he was nominated for Birdie, though, right? He, he didn't. No, I, no. I'm not sure. He. I don't even think he got nominated for Bert. Oh, okay. Last King of Scotland. Yeah, I was very surprised to see him in the movie. I um I know you're saying like why is he in the movie, but it's to me it you know he these actors elevated the movie as, as far as I was concerned. I was I was surprised to see Harry Dean Stanton in it. Um, my feeling on that is just that you know they could have they could have had anybody play that small role. They got yes. Harry Dean Stanton. Like give him something to do. I mean, he can he acts tough and he kind of swears at the big bad, but then that's it. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't go into expecting I was going to see him, so I I just thought it was cool he was there. I uh, I love Louise Guzman. I don't know, you know. I guess I, I didn't look at it in terms of he was wasted in the movie. I just thought I I I did enjoy him in the movie. You know, I, I maybe he's are, another actor who I hadn't seen in a here's while. Here's a wild idea. Sorry to interrupt you. Sure. And again, I'm I'm, I'm guilt, maybe guilty with this review of trying to orchestrate it to the movie I wanted as opposed to the movie that we have. But why not? Why don't we have him be the gun nut in the in the uh, the guy having the museum that role? Like I think he could be very good in that role. It would he would be funnier. He's a better actor. And I think he could really make, make that a less annoying character. I mean, I, it'd be a different movie, I guess. And maybe that's not fair to. Yeah. I don't. Johnny Knoxville. I don't, I don't really believe he was, he was really in the movie that much. I actually thought I, he's kind of listed as like the co-star, like the the poster of the movie kind of like has his name above it. I know. To get younger people to watch it. I mean, yeah, but, but for that, by those standards, he's not really even in the movie like that much and he was he does like some of what his i think he climbs up a pole and does yes. some kind of stunts and it's i i, I could take I, I can't really think of a movie that i even a movie that i've seen him in where he's acted in so i don't he's not an attraction towards me but i don't have anything against him i did see i think i never watched a jackass show but i did see one or two of the movies which i think was the first movie and i did think it was pretty funny i did some i did it, it, it did have some like very very enjoyable sequences in it i don't know if you've, you've actually watched this yes i did i watched it for one of the movie challenges and yeah. i the theme of the day was jackass if oh, if it okay. hadn't been the theme i would have had it as the the worst movie i saw for that month because it was oh yeah yeah, just not my sense of humor. I, it's a subjective thing. I I, it was. It surprised me that I did enjoy. I, I, I guess, well, but I, do, but I. But when there, but when there's the people are on the golf course and he's hiding in the woods and he starts blowing the air horn. And I, I, I thought that was pretty funny. You know, I, I, he but, acted in I think a Fairly Brothers movie at some point. Like he's he's done. He was in here there, but he was in a off the top of my head. He was in um, Dukes of Hazard. I never saw that. He was oh, in. Yeah. A, he was in um a John Waters movie. I think it was the last movie John Waters made. Yeah, that's true. With yeah. with uh Tracy Ullman. In fact, he John Waters, I think, had credited him for for he he said because Johnny Knoxville was in the movie, he is actually he is actually able to get that movie made. Yeah. Now, I never saw the movie. Maybe it's I, I love John Waters, so I'm glad he Jackass is big money. Like that's still like they did a movie last year that was quite successful. And Johnny Knoxville is enough of a star that he could he could help get greenlit some 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 movies. I just don't think he's particularly he's not much of an actor. He's no, yeah, doing stuff he does. But I could do without that scene with the the light pole. Yeah, the movie was. I I give this. I'm giving this movie a high rating because, like I said, it was my entryway. I was really. I was impressed. It was the movie was much better than I thought it was going to be. I kind of went in watching it like if I don't like this, I'm going to just 
bail out on it. But I was surprised by the by the level of the supporting cast of this movie and just at how it was it was way better. I guess I didn't have great expectations as uh, you know. Maybe as, you helped, yeah. But it was I I I did enjoy it. I I enjoy the action. I appreciate that Arnold is still virile. He can still kick some ass. Yes. I and you know that that is a uh, very meaningful to me. Yeah. So. And I think when, when we pare it down into Schwarzenegger in this role, he's very good in it, and he's battling the drug kingpins, and the action is there, and it's more it's more good than bad. I'm sounding a bit negative on this movie, but the things that I had trouble with weren't deal breakers for me as much. I mean, you want a Schwarzenegger action movie, this is a very good one. I, and it is, I'd say, better than some of the, the other ones we're going to be talking about in a bit here. But, I, okay. you know, it's it's similar to me to The Expendables. I mean, they're kind of close. I think there's something about The Expendables that I was in a, a better mood watching The Expendables than I was in this. I was, Critic Hat was on, and I was looking for stuff to be upset about. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but... Uh, you know, I have the name of the the name of the John Waters movie that Johnny Knoxville is in is called A Dirty Shame. It was yeah. in 2004. I, I remember that being making like a, a worst list. Roger Ebert. I'm not sure. I don't think Siskel was alive, but Roger Ebert, Richard Roper just hated that movie. I, re, I remember. But John Waters is never a critic. <laughs> no, no, it's never been his way. So John Waters, by the way, is, is you know, a, a little sideline. John Waters. I'm not a fan of his movies. Like his writing is fantastic. Yes. He's yeah. written a couple books that are just like, it's really, really funny. Very well written. He's very, very smart. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he is. Yeah. He used to do a good job of hosting the Independent Spirit uh, Movie Awards. Uh, every yeah, year. He's, he's he's hilarious. His movies have been good. He's made some, made some good movies. I I, you know, his movies were very campy in the beginning and sort of polyester. And those movies were sort of, um, they, 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 they definitely had a style, very distinct voice. <laughs> they're, they're part of the Criterion collection. So, but we're talking about John Waters, and I don't know if John Waters is more interesting, maybe he is, than uh, the, the no, last sideline. I'm not, I'm not dwelling on it. But okay. yeah, I, I get, get the connection <laughs> of Johnny Knoxville. But maybe I need to watch some other Johnny Knoxville stuff to get sold on him. But it's, no, I think if I think if you don't, I you know I I can't imagine Johnny Knoxville's. He's not going to play Hamlet or anything like that. I think he's no. he's going to be Johnny Knoxville. You, you, you don't I, like him, you don't you, like him. You cut him out of the movie, and I think you don't lose much. In fact, right. the movie might be a little bit better. But again, maybe I'm being unkind to Johnny Knoxville. But my thumb is up on uh, the Last Stand, and I know that yours okay, is good. as well. I think tattooing a dick on your back, Pyro. <laughs> it's a fallen soldier, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Morning, boss. Get your weapons. Let's go. Oh, you, put the shirt on. It does kind of look like a dick. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> out. I'm the judge. Don't blow your balls off. Don't worry, they're made of grass. Are they as big as your wife's? <laughs> go, go, go. Cover your sides. Door. Yes, Matt. Down. Clean up, aisle three. And what we do, there is only trust. You're the heart and soul of this team. The arrest today of a major cartel leader has led to a seizure of millions of dollars in cartel money. McNeely? Something off. Oh, my God. 
Gotta ask you a few questions. Ten million dollars is missing from your cartel bust. Did you steal it? No. Two murders of DEA agents have happened on my watch. Why do you think the cartel's killing your guys? It's the money. They're watching us. The only way to stop the cartel is to find out who stole the money. It could be someone on my team, one of my own people. Some of us are getting paid, the rest of us are just getting dead. Cartel's got your wife and kid. I'm sorry. Tell John to come for you. Them. Is this over? No. Probably if you're looking for just like a straight up traditional action movie with starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sabotage might work for you, directed by David Ayer. Um, and it's another one where I'm, I'm going to have to choke down this premise, but a, a, a group of EEA agents are doing a bust on this major drug kingpin, and they've worked out a way among their team to try to steal this money after they've completed the bust without any of their bosses finding out about this and well defeating the drug kingpin and that's where we start the movie but then when this elaborate plan to get this money when they go to retrieve it later on and it's not there then they realize that they're in some trouble and one member after another of this team after they've been kind of cleared of all charges starts to get killed and that's the the basic idea schwarzenegger's kind of the head of this team he's tatted up he's you know seems like kind of a bad guy schwarzenegger but then we as the movie goes on we find out this kind of backstory about theme throughout what happens to his family but what happened he had a wife and kids and how he's been on a bit of a revenge mission um for many years to try to find the people that harmed his wife and kid and get back at them i think if this movie was a strange a straight revenge-o-matic with schwarzenegger going in and killing drug kings pins and dealers and lords then it would be a better movie but this again this has a very over-the-top convoluted plot where we're trying a bit of a whodunit to, to see like there's somebody within this tight uh team that is betraying the others and offing them and uh, starts to become super obvious uh, to me. I mean, when we have an Academy Award nominated actor who is part of this team and is given really nothing to do for the majority of the film, yeah, hmm, I think that he's probably in on this. I'm not saying who that is, well, you, or maybe you did. I, um, no, I, I did say it was weird. Oh, I, are, are we giving spoilers? Because we did. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know how many people have seen this. So yeah, probably like, Every review probably has a, a spoiler alert, but we, we might have to talk about it. The other thing, I wrote tons of notes on, probably too many notes on all of these. This was a movie that once, like somebody told me, I'm, I'm not a big Sam Worthington fan, but he's in this movie. And and I, I, I was told, he was on a, a show I reviewed, that I should check this movie out. There's a different side to him, that it might change my opinion of him. It hasn't. I, I, I'm not really a Sam Worthington guy, even if he has the facial hair and he 
looks a little bit different than he does in like Avatar and other movies like that. He's, he's very nondescript. Like he's very forgettable. He is. He is. And he, he gets a lot of work and really like some plum roles. And he just doesn't seem to do a whole lot with them. Like probably the most I've liked him was in the Avatar sequel, which is mostly voice acting. So that was maybe maybe why that worked a little bit more. But there's some other actors who I feel are kind of given thankless roles in here that, that I, I, I like. Uh, Harold, whatever you pronounce his Oh, yes, yes. Pernoa. Yeah, sure he, Romeo and Juliet, and he was on the TV show Oz. He's just kind of like, he's Olivia Williams. So I think she's she's the romantic interest, but she's still, she's given a bit more to do, I guess. But it's not a great role or performance from her. But the other, Tate Donovan, who appears in like a million different things, he's just kind of there. Like he's one of the, the bosses with the DEA. DEA uh, um, no, if I, I have to correct you. It's Martin Donovan. Or, sorry, Martin Donovan. Yeah, sorry, I said the wrong, wrong name here. Thanks for correcting me. Martin Donovan, though, he's a very good actor and he doesn't have much to do in this movie either. I'm just trying to look up her name. Uh, this actor who was on the TV show The Killing. Oh, okay. Well, is it Morel Enos? She's in this movie. Yeah, Morella. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Morella Enos. Enos. Very good on a TV show called The Killing, uh, an AMC show from a few years ago. I was happy to see her getting work, but I think a big problem with the movie is actually her. And oh, she's the one that's like, she's the female who's she's the one female. Yeah, who's. She nearly has sex with the, the drug guy when the. the right. The, yeah. You know, bust happens. And then, like, she's. She's, her, she's married to uh, Sam Worthington. Um, right. Yeah. They've got some tension in their marriage. She goes from everything's very over the top, and then it gets ludicrously over the top once we get into the climax of the film with her. So I'm happy that she got the work, but this wasn't a particularly great role. And and so I, I, I felt from the beginning, sadly, because this is probably one of the purest action movies we're talking about in this show, that I was battling the movie from the beginning to the end. I did not have a good time with Sabotage. My thumb would firmly be down on this one. Schwarzenegger is okay. Like he's not, he's not doing anything special in here versus some of the other movies where even uh, The Last Stand, there was a, a bit of an acting quality mixed in with the action that mm -hmm. worked well. And I mean, I know in The Expendables, he's basically playing himself. But here, like he comes across as a villain through most of the film and his actions are questionable. And then they kind of get justified because of a flat. Well, it's kind of a clumsy way of doing an exposition of this this monologue that uh, Sam Worthington gives to Olivia Williams. And then we see this flashback of, of what had happened. It's like, oh, okay, now I understand him a lot more. So now I'm supposed to cheer for him. I think a section of the movie that works well is I actually thought, I thought we were kind of done with most of the movie. And there is this section that happens in Mexico towards the end. And this is where I get back to this idea of it was just a pure revenge film that I think it would be better. I'd say like kind of for, for example, a movie called Rolling Thunder from the 70s. Did you know that movie? No. It was a bit of a revenge film, which involved Vietnam veterans, and then they had to go into Mexico and, and go after these these villains. It, the, the last scene kind of reminded me of that and made me long for that type of a movie. And I think it was just straight Arnold trying to track down these people and going, as, as was, was described as in his backstory, going through and trying to find the people who had harmed his family. And I think that would be a much more interesting movie. And we cut out all of this other stuff. But okay. again, that's not the movie we have. So here I am again, criticizing a movie for not being the movie I want it to be, as opposed to what it is. But I think that movie, that revenge type of movie I would enjoy. This one, even though they, they have the revenge, but they also have the 
the mystery and the plot twist and all of these other colorful characters. That one, which is most of the movie, just doesn't work that well. And I also just don't buy the opening of it that all of these DEA agents are going to try to steal this money right under the noses of their bosses and without these drug kingpins finding out about it. It's it's ludicrous. But, but I mean, action movies don't have to make sense. That's That's fine, but... This premise really didn't work for me. So that was okay. my very, very long-winded way of saying my thumb is down on Sabotage. Okay. Well, I enjoyed... I thought Arnold was good in the movie. Um, the movie was... To me, it was actually a little confusing. There was a lot There was a lot of people on that crew. Uh, when they started killing people off, I actually wasn't entirely sure who they were. They were members of the crew. The first guy who gets killed, he's living... I don't understand this. Maybe you could explain this to me. Or maybe some of our listeners could write a letter explaining what was going on here because the first guy who gets killed is in an rv on a train track and he gets killed because here comes the train he's trying to get out of his own house can't figure out how to do that and he gets out now how in the name of all that's holy did his rv end up on the train track are you telling me somebody got like a got like <laughs> got a truck did they did they get it pulled onto the track with him in it wouldn't he know that that was going on what What's, the, what happened okay here's my take on it and i could be this is just me guessing all right so i'm not gonna defend that sequence no, it's I'd, love to, I'd love to hear this because i don't know it's exciting though to see that train hit the thing it was an epic death but uh, yeah but i don't know what's going on or where how on earth has happened what, what i feel has happened is the guy is <laughs> has passed out drunk okay and when we discover that it is somebody within his own team that is offing these people to try to find out thinking that who stole the money that person who would be a, a friendly familiar face was with him when he passed out and then one of them because there was two of them one of them drove the car or the thing and put it on the train tracks and left <laughs> And then they took off. I am stretching my imagination and credibility with this one, but that's that's the best I can come up with. I guess these were really had, yeah. Who killed them? It wasn't it wasn't the you know spoilers for the movie. It wasn't the drug kingpins now, that was doing this. So if you want to finish someone off, I wouldn't recommend that as the method because you're really counting on that train to come down. <laughs> You know, he could very well wake up and say, wait a minute. Well, if the train, if he wakes up before the train comes and he walks outside, he's like, wait a minute. I know who must have done this, who dragged me onto the train track. Altogether, yes. So the person who dragged them on the train track is like crossing their fingers. They're they're home checking the train schedules, make sure everything's running on time. Hello, Amtrak, are you on schedule? It doesn't add up from a story point of view. It was just, oh, this would be cool to kill off a character this way. Let's do it. Um, I guess when someone gets that blackout drunk, they just they have no idea. They're completely un- unconscious. It's like they're under, uh, they're on like I, ad- they're anesthetic medicine. And maybe it's, I've never I, been I blackout drunk like that. that. But no, and and they're able to like you know, they're able to hook up to RV and drag it under the tracks. You feel a yeah. bump. You think you feel the bump. I would think something would happen. I think that's pushing it a bit. No, this is, again, this is one I don't think it had a theatrical release. I think it was a straight to whatever, video, straight to DVD, straight to streaming. Well, I was a little surprised. I was a big fan of the show Lost, and we had two actors from that show were in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Harold Perinu, I forget how to say his name, uh, and uh, Josh Holloway, who had a... Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he played Sawyer. So I was surprised mm-hmm. to see him. I haven't seen him in anything in years. Um, like we said, Martin that's Donovan, Chris, 
That's why I recognized him. Now I get it. Like it was Josh Holloway. Yeah. Oh, the whole time I was trying to think of why do I know this face? Yeah. That, thank you for that. Cause that's uh, like, I feel like I really know this actor, but what do I know him from? But I, for, I didn't, wasn't thinking of lost when I was watching this. So yeah. more Jonathan, if anybody out here out there listening is a fan of Hal Hartley, Hal Hartley's films, Hal Hartley was a very popular indie filmmaker in the 90s. And he, Martin Donovan was like part of his, like uh, he was like one of his main actors that he used over the years so yeah trust simple men all these movies book of life so it's 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 enjoyable to me it's enjoyable to see martin donovan it's kind of like like it's how much fun it is to see it would how much fun it would it was always to see like bruce campbell pop up in some role it was like there's bruce campbell from evil dead movies so but yeah though the movie was as like i said the movie was a little confusing to me it was there was a lot going on um i i i did enjoy it i didn't i wasn't sure because i read i did look ahead and see some some reviews and it didn't didn't always wasn't enjoyed by everybody but i i i think i enjoyed it enjoyed it enough it, it i watched this after there's another movie that's kind of similar um well, we'll get to aftermath but aftermath mm. also features martin donovan right. and it's the same and it's there's arnold schwarzenegger lost his family again so he's the one like working with each other so that's that's good but i i think if you put your brain completely on hold and maybe even if you put it on mute right and you just watch the action happen i think you'll have a good time with it yeah it was it was definitely much it was it was kind of a messier movie than these other movies if that makes any sense yeah. i don't know what terrence howard i don't i i, I guess people just have to work yeah that movie that he made what was it called where he's like the rapping hustle and flow hustle and flow that was, i thought that was really good yeah and he was in crash the same year like the paul yeah. i guess uh crash hustle and flow is really good but i guess i guess work is work yeah i i guess being in a schwarzenegger movie i mean it's sort of half given something to do towards the end but it's it, it was so obvious so convoluted i i i feel like he's a, a better actor is kind of like having Forrest Whitaker in a previous film. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker had more. Some of the the best African-American actors that we have and they're being given these stock one-dimensional or two-dimensional characters in these films and i'd love to see them do something else but maybe this this is what pays the bills i guess and yeah i mean it's not great i i like i said i enjoyed it i wouldn't i i could have it was and it was it was fun for me to see just like just like a like i've been like i keep saying how much it was fun it is just to see arnold arnold schwarzenegger in in different things and this one he was working with a lot more people little little he was a lead but there was kind of a little more of an ensemble there and so in the context of watching these movies i i had some enjoyment of it but i if i had never seen this movie i don't i wouldn't really have been missed out on much you know so how's that for a rave well it's another schwarzenegger movie and if you're a schwarzenegger completist you should probably check out Saturday. yeah i don't regret seeing it i just don't like it as much as the other ones that we're going to be talking about Dad, you've protected me all my life. Now it's my turn to protect you. There is life with you, not with me. Don't come looking for me. I'm safe. I'm fine. Mr. Vogel. someone with this type of infection. Dad! I need you to follow the rules here. Quarantine is eight weeks in. 
probably gonna show more signs of aggression and hunger. When that happens, say your goodbyes and get her straight into quarantine. Your mother, they will protect you. Quarantine rules apply to everybody, possibly be disagreeing on on this next movie this one had a little bit more i, I remember it coming out in theaters very briefly and there's a little bit more buzz around it 200 or 2015's maggie directed by henry hobson because schwarzenegger was doing a zombie movie what people did not expect that this would be arguably schwarzenegger's most dramatic role and I am going to go on record right now saying that this is his best performance in any film in his career. He's been an action star, and maybe this isn't his most entertaining movie because it is a very, very bleak film. He, again, given every man here, he he is a farmer. He had lost his, his first wife. He's remarried and has a couple of young kids, but he also has um, a daughter played uh, by Abigail Breslin. Um, this is one of my favorite Abigail Breslin performances. She was the little girl, the girl in Little Miss Sunshine that um, she was very young, got an Oscar. Oh, no, is that her? Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, last few years, Zombieland, the Zombieland movies she's been in, which are more fun zombie movies than this is. But we're in this world where people are not quite sure, but this, this kind of zombie apocalypse has happened. And in some cases is affecting young people and then some other family members. And there's a little bit of a stretch of time where they're still human and they can still be at home or they're locked up in a facility. And Schwarzenegger wants his daughter with him and wants her at, at home. But things start to get worse and worse. And we see other examples in the community of what happens when somebody leaves it too long and then other people get this this virus or get you know bit by uh this their their family members become a zombie and then it causes other damage to the community schwarzenegger is just so good at the compassion and the love he has for his daughter and Ab abigail breslin just has such a complicated role because she she is still a kid. She's still this teenage girl who wants to go out and have fun and, and, and see her boyfriend and go out with her best friend. But she knows it's not safe. And she's wrestling with all kinds of stuff. And this kind of terminal diagnosis that she has, she knows she's going to turn at some point. And there's very few positive op options in her future, no matter how much they try to skirt around this. Uh, Jolie Richardson's in here. She plays Schwarzenegger's um, the, the stepmom, uh, who has these other young kids. When Abigail Breslin is brought back, 
to the farm. Then they send the younger kids uh, to, to live with some other relatives. And for a little while, Jolie Richardson is able to live around this, but things get very tough for her to, uh, to handle. And, and then like the, the, the third act is, 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 is somewhat heartbreaking because we, we, I think we know where we're going to be going, but how it actually plays out. There are a few kind of slightly optimistic notes in here and like a really beautiful end to this film. I had watched it once before because it had been recommended to me by our mutual friend, Larry of uh, Rankin Review. And uh, I, I watched it. I don't think I was in the right mood for it the first time I saw it. I, I thought, oh, this this is pretty good and something different from, from, from Arnold Schwarzenegger. But putting my full attention on it and knowing I had to review it for this show, I kind of fell in love with this movie, as sad as it is. The criticisms I have, I do have criticisms, but they, they're pretty, pretty minimal um, compared to the overall impact that this movie had. This, this, is, this is the only movie of the six that we're talking about that made me feel something. And okay. there are some others that are kind of dramatic and there were chances to make me feel something. But this one, beginning to end, I, I felt a lot. And I was just so engaged in this film. And while I have my qualms with it, they were just, I kind of said, okay, yeah, I'll write that down, but this is not going to impact how I feel about this. Um, spoilers for the end. This is my favorite movie of the six that we're talking about. Uh, I wasn't sure I'd be feeling that when we got into this show, but it mm-hmm. truly is. And it is one of the most unique and original zombie films that you will see. Those who love hardcore horror or hardcore action may be a touch disappointed. So I don't want to sell it as either of those things. I want to sell it as a as a, a father-daughter drama in the middle of a, an impossible situation. And I would have never thought to put Abigail Breslin and Arnold Schwarzenegger together, but they are so good in this movie. And I, I loved both of their performances. It's It's among the top performances I've seen in a while, actually. Oh, wow. As, as far as kind of something I would rediscover. And um, so I'm, a, I'm a, a big fan of this movie. It is a downer. Some of the other movies aren't as much of a downer, but this, this it's a downer for sure. You have to know what you're getting into. If you can go along on this ride, I think it's very worthwhile. So that's where I am with Maggie. Yeah, I, I watched, um, we're going to talk about, talk about Aftermath after this, but I watched Aftermath first, which was, I did, I did um, too, yeah. yeah, which was a, a straight, a straight drama. And so I, which I don't believe I'd seen Arnold Schwarzenegger do that before. So I watched that and then I watched this and, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I thought this was a very good movie. Really good performances. It's more stylized than, um, aftermath. Um, and yeah, this was, uh, I thought this was very good. I think there were like there were maybe a couple little scenes, kind of like actiony scenes, you know, some some things like that. But there wasn't like a, a, a whole lot of that. It was definitely was unique for a zombie movie. You know, yes. it's way different than what uh, you might see in like The Walking Dead or something like that. Because it's very much, uh, I guess you could say, a character study in a way, kind of a straight drama, like a family situation brought to the extreme um no i thought this was a very good movie this is this is definitely one of the strong 
definitely I yeah, I would say this is like a strongest movie. Like I did like the last fan. I would probably spoiler I spoiler, I would probably favor that because that was my entryway in and I just enjoyed seeing seeing Arnold back doing things. But if I was gonna say what was really truly what was his best work, I think I would I think I would uh say it's this movie. Yeah. I mean Maggie. he's been yeah. he's been praised over the years uh for like his actions of obviously, but as a yeah. comedic actor too. I mean, people rave about kindergarten cop and twins and junior. And that's where sometimes you would get some really positive critical attention for those pieces, even though yeah. they, I, I, they weren't, they were kind of fun, but they weren't as deep, that deep. Yeah. This, yeah. This, is a, this is a deep dive for, for this guy. And really it, it was probably a bit of a risk. Yeah. Well, it's in this role because they weren't sure if you were going to, what you would get from it and if the audiences would would gravitate towards this material when they found out what it actually was and I, i'm not sure that they did no not really but i don't know if it i don't know if it really quite had the op- opportunity if it was really no. released but it also this would have been a, like a, like a like a monumental risk if he made a movie like this on like the 80s early 90s yes i think it's interesting that the, that's one of the reasons why this 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 period of his career is interesting because He's able to do uh, actually do work like this, where it's not as much of a risk because these are, you know, he's he's not as he's not as in demand, but he still has these um, opportunities, and he's taking these opportunities to to actually actually do some really interesting stuff. And I even thought to myself, like, well, how did he how did he even get to be such a, you know, such a good actor at this point because he was kind of out of the, you know, wouldn't you think he'd be kind of rusty at this point? You know, he was kind of out of the, out of the acting game for a period of years. It's not like he was off performing and like off off Broadway sh- shows or anything like that. But I guess he just, you know, he's got the skills, he's got the life experience, and he's able to bring it all together. I, I think life experience is the big thing there, and. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff around being a politician and those years in California, I don't think were that easy. Um, and then some of his personal life stuff that, that happened and reflecting on the ups and downs of his career. I yeah. think he needed to experience that kind of stuff to be able to give this type of a performance and also to be a father. And I think, you know, yeah, um, to be able to, to put himself in that mindset of what would he do? Cause he's a, a guy who would do anything to protect his kids. I, I, I from what I understand of him in real life, and right. also being this big giant figure, feels like you can protect from monsters and everything. But he's put in this impossible situation, and it's yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a beautiful performance. I I do want to because I, I like to balance things out. I had a few um, few qualms with it. I guess one of the, the, the biggest ones I have, two, two I want to mention. There's some other picky ones, but I don't think they're worth mentioning as much. I, I think Jolie Richardson's character, the screenplay is not that kind to her. It just, there's this moment that happens where, and maybe it is somewhat justifiable, but suddenly she, instead of trying to be caring and supportive, she becomes a bit antagonistic towards uh, Abigail Breslin and then just walks off and, and leaves the situation behind, you know? Um, and I know she mm-hmm. has to protect the, you know, and be there for 
or these other kids too, and she's disagreeing with how Schwarzenegger's handling things. But I, I think it would have been wonderful if we could have said like she, she's given this three-dimensional great performance to go along with the other two. I, it's not she, she's doing the best she can with the role, but I think the screenplay kind of lets her down a little bit. And yeah. she's, she's a good actor, and I, the character beats work, but the, the shift that happens in her character, I don't think was as seemed a little bit more sudden than it maybe should have been. I also okay. didn't have a, a whole lot of time. There's a uh, kind of deputy police officer. There's kind of the caring sheriff who shows up and him and the doctor are both kind of telling Schwarzenegger, like, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with with Maggie and, and, and what to do. But um, but there's that other hotshot guy who basically wants to go and kill all of the, yeah. all of the people in the community who have this or, or lock them away right away. And he's, He's just a one-dimensional jerk. Like there, there was nothing to that character or or that performance. It leads up to that scene where uh, he's fighting Schwarzenegger and like he's skinny guy, and I don't believe him fighting Schwarzenegger for a moment. But that kind yeah. of scene, and then Maggie comes along and kind of breaks up the fight. That that character wasn't felt like it was from a lesser movie, I guess, um, than than this one. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting because it does have parallels to different experiences that people have because obviously people don't become zombies but you know you you could be holding on to people in your life who have an illness or have a disease and you, you don't know you know you don't know like how how long they're gonna last how long can you really hold on to these people and it's it's a uh, you know it's it's it, it isn't such an unusual thing so yeah. I, I took it as a bit of an allegory and I haven't quite pinpointed what I think it is, but sometimes that's part of it is as a, a viewer of a movie like this, you you bring in your own thing to it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this was pre-pandemic, this movie came out, but there was a lot of stuff that seemed like reactions to the pandemic and how different attitudes and how different people had various thoughts and the idea of putting people away and isolating them away and, and the, you know, breaking up the connection with families and the, everything was kind of sad about that at the time. Part of me also wonders, they did they do focus on certainly these young people, Maggie, and then also uh, her, her boyfriend, if there was a bit of an allegory about, um, about mental illness in here okay. too, but not everything, not, not everything jives with that. So I'm, I'm not completely in love with that idea, but I was, I was trying to, figure out because this is I, but it, I think the pandemic thing makes a little bit more sense because the zombie yeah. thing has always been about a, a, a zombie apocalypse that would happen and so this is a reaction to that apocalypse but it's done in a more down-to-earth they aren't going and blowing away these zombies who are trying to take over yeah the yeah it was a very very thoughtful zombie movie I would like to add that I I remember hearing probably back in the 90s it was uh, Howard Stern was interviewing James Cameron James Cameron was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he said that Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to continue his wants to continue his acting career and kind of take the path of Clint Eastwood as an actor. And he's like, and uh, James Cameron, because it was kind of curious, because in the in the nineties, like, yeah, where would I remember thinking at that time, like, yeah, what would Arnold Schwarzenegger? How would he age into this? Like, how would he really continue an acting career? Of course, this is before he got into politics and all and uh james cameron was like he goes I, I think he could do it i think he can so it's it's interesting now years later seeing what he's up to because this this could have been a clint eastwood role 
like you know easily some easily. years ago yeah yeah, yeah I, I, it, that's that's a kind of a great thought on there yeah it's got this it's when people were starting to realize that Clint Eastwood movies uh, could be deeper than than sometimes they were given credit for even though I think somewhere in there they were always a little bit deep not all of them but he was never given credit because of his image right and um when kind of in the the 90s people discovered that about Eastwood and if if this had gotten a bit more attention then that maybe could have led to some A-list type of dramatic roles for for Schwarzenegger because he can he could definitely handle it and I'd love to see him in in more more dramas in, in the future he's got a big contract with Netflix now I guess I uh, looked it up. There is it's a three-part Netflix series called Arnold, but there's also this Fubar movie coming out, uh, or t- or TV show yeah. coming out. Yeah, there's, series, a, yeah. there's a movie called Fubar, a Canadian movie. So I but I don't think this has anything to do with uh, with that. I think it's just we'll end up with the same title. So anyway, that's that's kind of off track from Maggie there, but I I, I think I'm glad we're in agreement. It's a big day. Your family's arriving today, right? So go home. Get everything ready for them. Spend some time with your daughter. You're going to be a grandfather. Airbus EF-135, this is Tower C. CMH, this is DH-116. Do you copy? Request information for the ascent to 10,000 feet. Tower, this is DH-616. Do you copy? Tower, we've not heard confirmation from you, but we're going to go ahead and ascend to 6,000 feet. X-112, do you copy? The airplane that your wife and daughter were traveling in has had a very unfortunate accident. It is the worst news that anyone will ever receive. How do you feel after what happened? You hold yourself responsible. To guarantee your safety for you and your family, consider making a change. A radical change. Another home. Another name. Another life. The company agrees to pay you damages in the amount of $75,000 for your daughter's death, $85,000 for your wife's. I look at this photo. I would like for someone to say that they're sorry for killing my family. I found him. I just want to look him in the eye. Show him a photograph of my family. I want him to apologize. No one has said they're sorry. No one. I think if I had been based on the first act and maybe part of the second act of the movie, Aftermath would be right up there with Maggie for me. It is a straight up drama. It's about a tragedy that happens involving a a plane crash. And once again, like a lot of the movies are talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's, I believe he's playing a Ukrainian man and he's excited that his family's coming back on this plane and he gets the airport and he goes and he, he checks what's happening and he's 
putting you know this room and giving the bad news that a horrible accident has happened and they've died. The movie then switches to uh, this Jacob played by Scoot McNary, I believe is the name of the actor. And we see that he's an air traffic controller and he's coming to his shift and the other guy who's supposed to be watching things has, has, has gone off and there's a problem with the phone and trying to get some information to one airport. And while that's happening, he's off the headset and he doesn't hear um, this request from another pilot. And we kind of see how this, this tragic plane crash has happened. And we see from these two men who basically uh, lose everything from this moment in time. And to me, it's a very compelling drama and particularly that, that sequence. And when we kind of see uh, the arc, Jacob's arc, how he gets in that position, how the airport deals with it, the media stuff, and, and, and then how this affects his, his family as well and what he needs to do than how Schwarzenegger's character is processing his grief. I think all of that works well. And then to make it perhaps a bit more dramatic and a little bit more exciting, there is a switch that happens in the third act that as, as, as horrible as the scene is, I unfortunately found myself laughing because it was such a ludicrous turn that it takes with Schwarzenegger's character and then it turns into something else kind of for the rest of the movie which I don't think serves the great first almost first half at least if not first two-thirds of this movie so okay all that to say I would still give a thumbs up to Aftermath but I thought I was watching something that was great it was like why is this movie not talked about more this is fantastic Schwarzenegger again is very good in a dramatic role I don't know as much about this other actor, but I was very impressed with him and also all the media stuff with these tragedies and dealing with the lawyers and the payouts and, and all of those pieces. Yeah. There were a few moments where I was like, okay, seriously, like I don't believe for a second that Schwarzenegger would be able to sneak onto the crash site, pretend he's a volunteer. And then he happens to come across the remains of his wife and it leads to a very Shakespearean type of tragic moment, but I'll go along with it because the other stuff is has been pretty solid so far. But when it gets into this kind of silly revenge type of thing towards towards the end, it just feels like it's from a, a different movie and they, they, they maybe didn't know how to finish this off. It doesn't sink the okay. ship completely for me, but instead of saying I kind of like this movie, I would have been saying, oh, this is fantastic. This is the diamond in the rough in the show. Everybody should see Aftermath. I yeah. think people should check it out, judge for themselves. But just the melodramatic touches kind of um, ruin what could have been a great movie for me. So that's that's one, one where I almost am sitting back in like my, my quibbles with some of these other movies. It's more frustrating to me. Like Sabotage to me was bad from beginning to end. But then I had no expectations for it after a while. Aftermath was on the trajectory to be great. And it's very frustrating when a, a third act falls apart like that. And, you know, it, it, it gets a little bit more of a angry reaction for me as a critic and as a, as a movie watcher. But uh, I, again, I like the risks that Schwarzenegger's taking. Um, and this is different material than he would have touched in his heyday. So um, mm -hmm. I, I, I like that, you know, an attempt was made a swing and not completely a, a miss, but maybe, a base a base hit when it should have been a home run is my that's my take on aftermath what what were your yeah. thoughts on it 
I think that Darren Aronofsky was involved with this movie. I saw his name on this thing. Darren Aronofsky, of course, the director of The Whale and Requiem for a Dream. My take on it, I I think I likely enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. It's a tough movie to say I enjoyed. Yeah. It's kind of a hard movie to watch. Uh, I, I understand. I, I can understand your your view on it. As I think I was, although I went along with it, because it kind of becomes more of a revenge movie, you know, and then and it does it does kind of i didn't quite expect it to go that way i i did go along with it but yeah it's it was so this was the this was uh as i was saying before this was the first time i'd seen him really do a dramatic role in a movie that moves at a a certain pace it kind of moved at a slower slow pace but still worked for the movie i didn't think it was boring it was um not the, no, the bad I, things are loudly bad, but they're still interesting. Yeah, it's a movie. It's I didn't know I didn't know the story of the movie, so I didn't know what was happening. Like when he arrives at the airport, it was a little unusual that they 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 kind of take him back at like this back room at the airport, and he still thinks he doesn't seem to think anything's unusual. Yeah, it takes him a while to clue in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then there was there was just some really great touches, like he. He can hear like when they're when they're they're telling him in the room what happened to the airport. He can hear like somebody in the next room like screaming. Yeah. And he like he walks past somebody, you know, in the airport who like later on in the movie, I believe this is what happened. Later on in the movie, like he speaks to the guy at like a one year um Yeah, the one year memorial. anniversary. Yeah, mm-hmm. one year anniversary. Interesting movie about grief, because grief is a really complicated thing when you truly experience it you don't know what you you there's you i don't think anybody could actually prepare themselves for what is what actually grief is because it's a it becomes a very complicated thing so it's an interesting thing to explore um and then it explores the um the other actor the other the 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 guy who's the air air traffic controller um just his experience of dealing with just the guilt of it and like I said, it's 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 an uncomfortable movie to watch because you're watching this awful grief, and then it and then it, then you're seeing at the same time you're seeing this uh you know this horrible guilt just like living because these are just life altering life altering experiences. It's like it's difficult. It's got to be difficult to have a a good quality of life after experiencing things like this. Possible, I guess, but. But anyway, it's a movie we're talking about. So yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with with Arnold's um, performance, and I thought I, I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was interesting that we saw Martin Donovan in two two movies yeah. in the list. Arnold Schwarzenegger is his new Hal Hartley. <laughs> Anybody out there? Maybe in the future, somebody will just like kind of jumble up all these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Like maybe years and years and years from now, maybe like a hundred years. Like, whoa, Commando, this is awesome. Whoa, Running Man. Okay, time for Aftermath. <laughs> like, wow, what the man. hell? What happened to him between those years? But... Like, what's going oh, on? I think you touched on a real strength of the movie, though, is, is dealing with grief, the theme of yeah. grief. Yeah. Um, but there's also this, this guilt piece, because the people want to, and I, I think this even more so six years later after this movie has come out, we're, we're, we seem very eager to burn the villain in the town square. And so this Jacob, his, his life is, is ruined, but when his identity gets leaked out, people, 
people want to they want to kill him for what he's done. I mean, he has to go change his name and have this different identity and be separated from his family. I I think that is part of the the whole whole thing. Potentially, what this movie could have been is about empathy and trying to understand when when something happens. And we have this idea of, oh, this person's responsible. Well, that's also a human being. And unless they are a sociopath or something, they feel awful about what's happened and whatever mistake has happened. You know, and we don't try to understand that. We don't under- understand there's a bit of a, a script connected to how to deal with the victims of this tragedy. And Schwarzenegger's situation doesn't fit that script. And we see, like, his his fr- his friend there is his boss or co-worker tries to connect with him too. I think there's a few loose ends here. We have this reporter character who's trying to write this piece and get the perspective of everybody. And that, that was basically a plot point to try to get the two main characters together in that rather dramatic scene. The other thing I, I got nervous about this one at the beginning, because it said inspired by a true story. I am guessing there was some sort of a plane crash and there were victims of it. And somebody did some sort of a, a piece on that but there, there wasn't much of this that i actually bought as being anywhere close to to being true so wikipedia says it is based on events and people surrounding the 2002 i'm gonna say i'm gonna mispronounce this the uber lingen mid-air collision of a passenger airline with a cargo jet okay so i, I mean maybe some of that kind of got put into the the good pieces here but i'm not sure about the revenge and all of the other dramatics felt like a bit of a a hollywood rewrite of of what it actually was now i i suspect darren aronofsky was a producer maybe in the early stages he was going to be lined up to direct this and he's somebody who is fascinated by some of these themes and maybe it was going to be about survivor's guilt or survivor's guilt or or grief, or he was going to play around with one of those themes in the way that he does things. And he also has a way of, of, of making some things that are quite melodramatic kind of work with his style. Right. I think if he'd been able to direct this and certainly write it, I, I, I know I, I get the sense this was maybe something he passed over as his next film project, but he was considering it to the point where he became a producer because it had some things he wanted to or was interested in dealing with. Again, this is a in another world, another type of film, but I think that that quality of a filmmaker, as controversial as he is, and he's hit and miss, some people don't like Mother, and there were criticisms of The Whale as well, but I, I think he could have created a, just a, a classic film here oh, and okay. again we have a we have a, a pretty good movie and then when it when it's on it's as good as any of the movies we're talking about but when it goes off it just it just feels like a very convoluted switch in tone from what we had which is a very thoughtful movie into a, a silly a silly kind of action movie and okay yeah. If it wants to be a silly a- action movie or a silly revenge film, let it be that, but not this story. And if it wants to be about grief, then let's have the entire movie about grief. And that's and it's trying to do both. And I don't think it's successful in that melding, which is a, a shame. Well, we're talking about actors from Lost. Once again, this is an actor, actress Maggie Grace. She was on Lost playing Shannon Rutherford. I actually don't remember her on Lost, but she apparently was on it. Lots of people were on there. I'd have to go back. Yeah, Maggie Grace, I I know that actor. I'm just trying to remember. The the poster, the poster is kind of heavy-handed. I'm looking at it right now. It's just this giant 
picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger's head looking sullen. And there's two airplanes just about to crash into each other. Yes. So I don't know about that. Like it's like he's in Die Hard 2 or something like that. I mean, it, it's, yeah. Uh, and it's just I, like, yeah. Th- this is probably more deceptive than, than Maggie, you know, in the, the sense of people go watch this and they're hoping for an action movie this is a, a straight out drama i mean yeah Maggie, as you said has some sequences where like he has to the gas station he has to fight those zombies and the, the scene with the you know the, the the junior police officer and different different things like that along the way there but th- this one is is a drama and i guess it does get actiony and kind of violent towards the end but it's this has to go in the drama section if you if yeah. video still existed, it'd be in the drama section. It wouldn't be in the action section, despite what that poster suggests. Right, yeah. So anything else you want to say about Aftermath? Well, I don't know if the shower scene was necessary. Oh, yes. Oh, I nearly forgot. Yeah, we was have it? a gratuitous Arnold butt shot, which... Uh, yeah. I Yeah, What? why was that in there? It's not... I wouldn't it's... recommend that for these late period movies. Um, I... <laughs> He tried to show that he still has it. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe it was to show some kind of vulnerability. <laughs> it was a very strange, early in the mo- early in the movie, a very strange moment. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's it. Two days ago, I had this nice, simple life, and now it's a nightmare. before almost human I am human why do you care what happens to her because I was her By keeping you alive. I'm going hunting. So I believe this is the third Terminator movie that's been reviewed on on the show, uh, the original on that uh, 
Schwarzenegger versus Stallone was uh, very favorably reviewed. Recently reviewed on um, an action movie themed show, Terminator Salvation, which I I have problems with that one. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't really love it. And it's not one, if I'm going to watch a Terminator movie, I'm, I'm not overly excited to watch Salvation. That that one just hasn't, hasn't worked and in fact was a little bit worse for me on a, on a rewatch for the show. I had been... I had been out out of the country for about a month in 2019, but there were all these really exciting late fall releases that were coming out. Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, and I had read the book and I liked the book and I was curious what they were going to do with that. And another Terminator movie, Terminator Dark Fate, and the. Oh, if I may interject, I, I love Doctor Sleep. I don't know. I, I love that one too. Sleep. I'll review love that, that one another day, but. Maybe we can review yeah. that, do that show together. But Terminator, Dark Fate, and it was like another Terminator movie, and the return of Linda Hamilton. And somehow something had been worked out because James Cameron was producing this one. So obviously, like the thing that had broken up any chance of Linda Hamilton being or Cameron being part of future Terminators was the uh, the end of their marriage due to uh, Susie Amos and Titanic and all of that kind of behind the scenes stuff but and when i came back the movie had all but disappeared from theaters and i heard it was one of the biggest box office disasters i'd what I, I i bought all the terminator movies and i bought this one to be a completist and i watched it once and and i remember liking it and then i was very again similarly quite focused because i had to review it here and I think I think you know all of that stuff I know about that it lost money and all those pieces it doesn't really matter that much to me because I like on the whole I like the Terminator movies as a franchise I, I said to you in a private conversation at one point it's almost like the the sci-fi action equivalent of the of the the Halloween franchise where a chapter or something doesn't work and doesn't play and they come back and try to correct the things or ignore previous episodes that could be a drawback for some people with this movie but plays a little bit more with this idea that the john connor future as we have been used to in all of the other movies that doesn't happen because a few years after the events of terminator 2 and through some de-aging technology which doesn't look fantastic i guess we we get early on this idea that john connor actually gets killed once again by another terminator that is schwarzenegger and this is a big tragedy for uh for sarah connor and the future continues on and we move into the future and we're focusing we're in mexico in mexico city and we're focusing on this brother and sister and kind of their living situation and we see two terminators come from the future and we don't initially know which one is good and which one is evil, but the focus turns out to be this young woman. And we think, and when Sarah Connor gets involved with this, helping out this Terminator that's a partial human, partial Terminator, similar to the idea of uh, Sam Worthington's character in Terminator Salvation, and this young woman try to escape from the uh, this evil Terminator, we think we're approaching the same story of the Terminator again. Oh, she's going to have the child that is responsible for fighting this new enemy in the future. And then that's why they're trying to kill her off. I like the plot twist on that, the change on that that happens kind of late in the film when we find out it's not, it is a lot more directly about uh, this young woman 
and it is about this idea of her having the offspring, which is going to lead the the rebel group into the future. I have, again, like I have with all these, a large list of things that I love, a large list of things that I think, oh, come on, or don't don't really work that well. I'm never a fan where they rehash some of the the most famous lines. In this case, Sarah Connor says, uh, because this is a version of I'll be back kind of early on in her kind of first big action he's seen there. And that always makes you think about the earlier and better entries in the Terminator franchise. But at the end of the day, and I could see that they were hoping that this would be successful and that it would lead to more Terminator movies because of how they end it. I like it. My thumb is up. I'm not over the moon about it. I, I like it more than at least two entries in the Terminator franchise. And maybe maybe three. I'd have to kind of compare. It's been a while since I, I watched uh, one of the, kind of the middle of the road ones. And I, I feel like I got my money's worth from this film, despite all of the franchise problems that they have. This is another one where, I mean, we have one where Arnold's a, uh, a bit of a, a walk-on, one-scene role. He's a he's a supporting character in this, and he shows up late in the film, and it's all spoiled by the the marketing. As further to the point about how the marketing kind of gives everything away, so we know that he shows up as an older older man, and and kind of the evolution and how they talk about how that works. Again, another guy who's kind of this remote farm with this young family, and. Um, but then he kind of joins the team late in the film. But I, I, I think he's good. The action scenes are good. The special effects uh, mostly work. I just, again, that de-aging thing in the opening sequence didn't wasn't fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of, oh, come on types of things where you could cross your arms with this movie. But I appreciated it. I love Linda Hamilton. I was happy to to see her kind of starring in a movie again. And I think these, these younger actors are good. I think of, of the cast, though, my biggest criticism is this this evil Terminator that can kind of split. Uh, that's the upgrade or the change there can kind of split into looking like the human form and then also being the machine and then come back together. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that actor or this version of an evil Terminator was anywhere as interesting as, as Schwarzenegger was in the first one or um, as interesting as in uh, the liquid metal Terminator from Terminator 2. I thought that was kind of the weakest part of, of the acting and the characters, but it wasn't something that would sink the ship for me. So again, I'm giving a lot of these mild thumbs up, but it's it, my thumbs up nonetheless for Terminator Dark Fate. So how, how did you feel about it? Well, you are wrong. I just wanted to say that, but it's more complicated than that. You're not, you're not completely wrong. Not completely wrong. Um, first of all, I don't like that they're disregarding three Terminator movies. You don't do that. And I think this is maybe James James Cameron. I guess he was not at, he wasn't really involved with three, four, and five. <clears throat> no. So he just decided that those are not worthwhile movies. He is wrong. I don't remember much about Salvation, but I love loved terminator genesis oh really i thought that movie was a blast a, a, just a complete blast because i love the idea it's because i'm a sucker for those kind of like time travel meta m- movies where he's, he's traveling back into the other movie and this oh that was and i know i'm probably the only person who loved that movie no i think there were others i really enjoyed it i yeah. really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. i don't i don't like that he kills John Connor. There's three movies of that John Connor. Big, 
thing that that turned people I off. Don't, I don't like it at all. And there was a series. There was a there was a, like a two season series of this Sarah Connor, uh, Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles, where I think he was a character on that. I never watched that show. This movie opens up, and they're in like the Bahamas, whatever. And badass Linda Hamilton just sits at her table, sipping her pina colada. Anywhere, any other time, some Terminator approaches her. She's shooting them with a bazooka. But now it was almost ridiculous the way like the Terminator's why well, you I am and he just kills. I was like, are you kidding? She wasn't expecting it. I mean, like she actually thought she could have peace and finally relax. That they no, she they, can't. They had conquered Judgment Day. Yeah, and that she had protected her son, and that like the now the future is safer because John's alive. And like this was the the one of the few yeah. moments where she's been featured, where she isn't having to be an action star or running or whatever she took her eye off the ball i guess for one moment and it was tragic and then that you know i i i would see her as being somebody who would be would would always be on guard to the point of being unhealthy she would still be stressed mm-hmm. out from you know i i just it it, it just so looked ridiculous it looked like yeah. some kind of dream sequence it didn't help that the people as you said the de-aging didn't, didn't look great so it was like some weird dream sequence but then we get into the movie and we have the scene with the the woman and, and it, I, I say I, I will give some some good things about this movie was it is a very good it's a very female empowering movie um it's also mm-hmm. very good in terms of diversity and these weren't things that and this really this stuff works seamlessly in the movie it wasn't something i noticed until i was thinking until like after the, the movie i was like you know it's great like like the <laughs> And it's no the, the Terminator movies are no stranger to the, to the, to the idea of having strong female mm-hmm. characters in it. But instead so that of having was... to protect this this boy who's going to be the man to save the future, yeah. Now we ha- it, we have a woman who could potentially do that, which is yeah. There there was a stretch of the movie after that after that ridiculous beginning. There's a stretch of the movie that's great. The the, the parts with the First of all, you know, Linda Hamilton comes back. That's awesome. That's like, here she is. Yay. And then the scenes, there are these like car chase scenes yes. with, with a term. That was so well done. I'm yeah. like, this is, this is, that it's just to watch that is great. It is. Um, but as the movie goes on, Arnold Schwarzenegger's not in the movie for about the first hour, except for that, like I said, that very beginning. What they did with the Terminator was, hmm, it's, it's a choice. Yeah. So, so Arnold's he's no, a Terminator. Of course, he's not the original Terminator. There's, there's just so many Terminators. They all, all look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this, but he's the Terminator in the beginning that kills John Connor. Now he's aged into being, um, like somebody who lives on a farm, has a wife, but they don't have a physical relationship. He says that, "Don't touch me." Um, <laughs> and he, and he lives, and they have, they have a kid, and he's now become this benevolent. A uh, man who lives in this farmhouse who sells, sells sells drapes or something like that. Now I admit there's a scene in this. Carl or something, isn't it? Carl or he's got his truck, which yeah. They yeah. Use. There's a scene in this that where he says he says I was talking to a customer. He said I want to get drapes for my daughter with with balloons on it. I said don't do that. <laughs> Now I have to admit that's it is enjoyable. That, that's, that's fun, funny. Yes. That's funny. Yes. But this is the Terminator we're talking about. <laughs> Seriously, this is what the Terminator is doing. So I really don't. I really have mixed emotions about that because yeah, it's funny. Yes, it's kind of interesting. This the, the idea that a Terminator kind of evolves into 
what he is. It's definitely a growth. But on the other hand, it's like, come on, man. This is the Terminator. The ter- like, well, for those of us who love the first movie, uh, do we yeah. really... Do I really have to be spending these years of my life saying the Terminator pinks a farmer who sells drapes? <laughs> this, this life isn't fair. Here's my whole thing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're never going to get the Terminator or Terminator 2. Like that was a one-two punch. That's Yeah, so they need amazing. to stop. We're not going to get that again. I think when he gets into action movie Terminator mode in the third act, like – you have to have enjoyed some of those pieces. Like they're on that military carrier and the escape, or what about the escape from the detention facility at the border? I mean, a lot of those are very well thought out, well realized action set pieces. And yeah, so the, the action scenes, the action scenes were good. Linda, yeah. Linda Hamilton was wanted in every state, yes. 50 states. I don't know what she did in Delaware, but she did something. Well, she's just FBI. Every state. She had, um, well, because she she defied Skynet and 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 got away. Oh, with so it. for one thing, it was like across the board. I mean, if I, I I don't, yeah, am I getting trouble she over didn't this? Do one, something. If if somebody she didn't shoplift in Wyoming and well, if she the had, speed limit in Montana. I I think if. If somebody was to upset very powerful people, if somebody brought yeah. down Amazon or Google or Apple and destroyed any future for them, there's so many government ties connected to those CEOs that they could make the argument that this is some sort of a terrorist or some sort of a, a criminal and you know who needs to be you know, brought back to justice where she'd have to, you know, leave the country. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I this is going way off, off the rails in some ways, but like somebody like Edward Snowden, um, okay. for example, I, I don't think he can walk into the, into the U S you know, he's permanently whatever in limbo with in Russia or wherever he is, but it, it, it is that, that kind of uh that kind of a thing that somebody who is, has fought in, Sort of looks like has has won when fighting powerful organizations. That I I I I believe that. I mean, the way it's worded is kind of silly. Wanted in every state. Right. You could say just you know I'm I'm one of America's most wanted or the ten most wanted or on FBI list or it could be worded a different way in the screenplay for sure. But uh, but yeah. In, yeah. In Rhode Island, she cut a tag off a mattress in a hotel room. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I know that, that that I know it's an old joke, but yeah. So I don't like the retcon. I guess that's the right the right word, retcon. I don't like that he just didn't acknowledge three, four, and five. I don't invest an interest in salvation. I think I do remember enjoying three, realizing that wasn't entirely necessary. You know, it's not. You, you know, they could have stopped at two, and that's enough. They they, and, gave, uh, they actually gave an opening for that one, and it was sort of through. A Universal Studios had this had this uh, ride or, or or something, and I was happened to my one time in Orlando, Florida. I was there, and I I experienced it. it was like the big thing, and it, and there was some a plot point just in this amusement ride that kind of opened up the possibility for Terminator Three, but this was all constructed before James Cameron divorced Linda Hamilton. And then after that, it was a few years before they, they could figure out what to do. But I, I had, I had trouble with the middle chapters in the sense they had to keep recasting people. It went from Claire Danes to, to Bryce Dallas Howard and kind of the same role. 
and it was Nick Stahl, I think, was uh, became Christian Mail, and yeah, yeah I, I mean, some of these other chapters, I three and and certainly Genesis would be talk for another day. There, I myself, did you like Genesis? No, but that will be yeah. Okay, um, we can discuss it. That'd be a discussion. Like I said, my I well, I, I already it on the my, show at some point, but yeah, I gave my. In my in my uh, my issues with it, I'll talk about more detail at that time. But I ultimately am not enough of a fan of three, four, and five to have cared that they had completely got rid of all of that and had this kind of this fresh start. Because we're seeing that with a lot of, and we just had a Halloween trilogy, which was very good. I I think you know some people didn't like the last chapter in it, where they completely ignored something like nine entries in that series, and they. They just kind of went from the first movie all the way to the 12th and or 11th, yeah. 12th and 13th. Some people might have problems with that. Those other movies exist. You can go and appreciate them and enjoy them. Nothing's happened to them. And we're also into this multiverse world. You were a big fan of everything everywhere all at once where yeah. we can have all the Spider-Men and we can have all the Batman and we can have these different things going on mm. in a different version here. So Yeah, but you could look at it that way. Yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. But it's maybe because I'm more of a fan of this entry than I am of, of some of the, uh, at least the the two previous ones. So hmm. but I also know people that, that really like those ones. And they were like, Terminator is done with Dark Fate. This is over. I believe Larry did a, a theme show on the Terminator franchise and made the suggestion that probably they continue on with this at some time that they maybe shouldn't have Schwarzenegger involved with it. I, I think they could just, that, that's enough of this. So yeah, I, I kind of get, I kind of get that. I, I mean, when I say enough of this, I mean enough of not what you're saying. I mean, enough of these Terminator but, movies. Maybe we should, but yeah, I, I still have the feeling like we're, we're in the age of there's still people who will remake and reboot and it might be because it was such a box office failure. It might be 10 years, it might be 20 years. But I'm sure there's going to be another Terminator movie that hits theaters or whatever version of theaters we have in the future wow. at some point. Somebody is going to have some idea of how to do this again. And whether that's good or bad, I, I don't know. But um, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. No. But yeah, I, I think this is the biggest split we have. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe Expendables you didn't care for as much as I did. But yeah, my thumbs up on Terminator Dark Fate and I sense yours is, is down and pretty far down. He, he did say he'd be back. So he did warn us. I made a promise to your mother to have protect you. Kurt Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for being back on the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. Again, I, I need to actually go and determine. I, I feel like you are the... The guest with the, the most, you've guested the most of anybody on this show. I just have to have the numbers to prove that. And, uh, you know, we've done a, a variety of different kind of like these theme month shows and different things. So I'm, I'm going to look at that, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that you've, uh, you've, you've been uh, on here the most and certainly having those two Oscar shows recently. So it was nice to talk about something that wasn't Oscar. Yeah, I appreciate related. that. I mean, I think the closest to an Oscar movie is Maggie and, I don't think anybody even thought of uh, giving Oscar nominations no. for that. See, I wouldn't. I would feel bad if, like, you retcon me, like James Cameron and these, these Halloween people do. Like, you pretended some of my episodes didn't exist. Like, this was the continuation of the Oscar episode from two years ago. See, I wouldn't like it if it happened to me. Yeah, 
We just met. Right. None of our history has happened here. You're a first time guest. Let's let's see where we land on these. I feel like there'll be some differences, but uh, I, sometimes I know where what's going and sometimes I don't. So let's see. Uh, the Expendables. How many points did you give The Expendables? Eight. And The Last Stand? Thirteen. And Sabotage? Nine. Maggie? Twelve. Aftermath? Ten. And Terminator Dark Fate? Eight. For more points, I'm giving The Expendables 11 points. The Last Stand? Eight. Sabotage? Five. Maggie, 17 points, my favorite movie of the show. Aftermath, seven points. And Terminator Dark Fate, 12. Okay, this is, is interesting. There's a very clear winner here. And then a lot of the other movies in the middle are pretty close. But we do have a definite uh, movie that uh, is going to leave my movie collection here. So with the most points, 29 points is Maggie, for sure. And I really kind of built that, that one up by, by the point where I love that movie. It was the only one that I enthusiastically recommend uh, full marks to. So then second place went to the last stand with 21 points. Third was Terminator Dark Fate with 20 points. Fourth is The Expendables with 19 points. So very close with those ones. Fifth place is with 17 points is Aftermath. And then the bottom with 14 points is Sabotage. That's a movie that's going to have to leave my movie collection. I'll just grab the disc. So this is one I had a physical copy of. Some of them I have digital uh, only. So I have to get rid of this. Uh, and you get to decide what I do with it. Jeez, it's quite a responsibility. I know I've had this you, responsibility before. and I've it's happened before. Yeah. yeah, previously I said give it donate it to a library. But I don't know. They do have that at my local library. Yeah, the libraries aren't taking yeah. something still, I think. So. No. By the way, that's humiliating. I had to get the expendables out from the library. You're walking past all this like great literature. It's a, my great expectations was out, so I have to take out the expendables. <laughs> well, you should have grabbed something else that was like a... Yeah, kind of like how you... You're you a solo like, film uh, or something, you know? Well, it's like how you buy like uh, condoms. Like as a kid, you buy like, a, you know, as a little kid, but <laughs> as an old enough kid, and you that's put like a chocolate old, bar... Yeah. You buy some condoms and you, you have like a chocolate bar underneath. So on top of it, that, so that's why you can't have to do that. You get the expendables. I've got to put like, um, <laughs> wow, uh, you really, I have, to, I have to put infinite jest over on top of it or something, you know. You gave eight points to the expendables. It wasn't like, you know, <laughs> no, no, I, you know, I'm <laughs> just listen, it is what it is, but you know. <laughs> it's just when you're walking past, you know, King Lear on the shelf and clearly you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it on the shelf and you walked so you by. You feel like your librarian was judging you. Okay. Yeah, and, and rightly so, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, just blame it on me. Um, oh, yeah. Um, librarian to listen to the show. <laughs> yeah. There was a reason. This is proof. There was a reason. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, yeah. I forgot to. Oh, you're saying, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. What <laughs> do I do with the recipe? Oh, no. One time he sent it to me. Um, yeah, sent you a bottle. No, I don't want that one. Um, let's see. I think of something sort of magnanimous like you could kind of give it to like a like somebody who might enjoy that i'm trying to think um what could we do i know this is long we have to edit this my th thought process of trying to figure out what what to do with it could you give it to like a like a shelter or something like that i'm actually thinking yeah. about something like that <clears throat> yeah we have um kind of this value village which is a bit of a charity shop type of a thing and okay yeah that would be nice i i think i'll do that i've done that before with uh with, with some Certainly ones that I couldn't donate to the library. I kind of uh, did that. I will be happy to do that. And again, thank you so much. And uh, I know you're on a little bit of a hiatus with the Lifetime of Hallmark, but 
What not really. Like? We've got for, we have like two hundred episodes up. People can go and explore. Yeah, we but just, we're just took off for nuance, a couple you're, you know, you're taking it like it's a week or so because some people are out of town. But what's yeah, we, we have a couple weeks. We had to take off, but we'll be back at it. So well, people yeah, should yeah, go to Hallmark. I'm trying to promote your show here, but uh, Lifetime of Hallmark. People should check that out. You're also uh, when the next season of Rank and Review comes out, you're going to be uh, guesting on that uh, Larry's show. Big surprise, I'm on that too. Last one I did was kind of a sci-fi scare type of episode. Uh, what was what was your uh, topic? Oh, uh, we did um, anim- animated movies. So we did um, The Last Unicorn, Ponyo, Secret of Nim, Bird Boy. That's a weird one. And I think there may have been another one as well. It's usually six, just like this one. So. Yeah, I just named five of them. Okay. Yeah, I don't really recall what the other one was. Oh, it was a really good movie. Um, But I can't remember the name of it. Oh, well. Yeah, uh, you may look it up really oh, quick. And I can just see. listen for that. It might be a it might be a little while before that's released, but uh, people should check that out and support Larry's show. Uh, also, Film Feast and Schlock and Awe. These are all you know friendly podcast friends of the show. And uh, again, I, I, I really want you you know people to support these independent podcasts. We're just kind of doing it for fun and not you know it's a money losing operation that we have going here, but. Uh, I do this because we love or want to comment on what's going on with the Hallmark. Kubo. Kubo is the other movie. I just had to get that. Oh, Kubo. Kubo, Yes. I watched Kubo. That was very good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. So as I, as I normally sign off with, please be uh, kind to each other and continue to be safe and uh, please support the movies. And as much as I was saying some things about the upcoming movie season, it's not quite what it was when Terminator 2 came out in the summer of 1991, as well as many other exciting movies at that time. I still feel like there's going to be some interesting stuff to come out this summer and at movie theaters and also just watching movies in whatever form that you want to watch them and taking a chance on a, a movie you know nothing about. And in this case, you know, there were a few that not everybody will have seen as far as Schwarzenegger movies. And hopefully we piqued your interest, even if we were kind of mixed on uh on the quality of some of them. So, yeah. I forgot yeah. to talk about, we were going to do extra credit. I watched the movie. Yes. Oh, yes. Escape Plan. Plan. You watched guess. Escape Plan, which was reviewed on the uh, Schwarzenegger yeah. alone. And I know uh, Matt Bledsoe, he, he told me he really wanted that movie to leave my movie collection, but it did not because I kind of liked it. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I did. I did. I, I enjoyed it. So this was like, this was like a real more of a more of a teaming of <clears throat> Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was more screen time together. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought it was very good. And I, I would, and I like to make a point. I like that they act like they are in their prime. They act like they're in their prime. I think, especially think towards so? the end. Yeah, and they do at the beginning. And I, I probably said it in the show, but I, I think my my favorite parts were the beginning and like the whole background of Stallone's character and what he does for a living and how he gets himself arrested and put into this this super prison um i, I loved all, all that that opening and the action stuff at the end and that's where schwarzenegger really sean he was a little bit sleepy for me until till towards the end but there was some some interesting stuff there the stuff in the prison oddly enough was not that interesting to me that's that part 
lulled or kind of dragged for me a bit. I wasn't a big fan of Jim Caviezel as like the big, the warden, the, the big villain in the film. I just didn't think he did a great job in, in that. It was a few months ago or yeah, maybe more than, yeah, maybe a couple of years ago since I last saw it. But those are my memories of Escape Plan. I enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, it was, it was a uh, kind of like the movie we, we would have liked to have seen years ago. And now we, we've, now we get to see it. Yeah. You know, them, they they didn't get along back in those days when it would have been like epic. Like if this was 1995 that was being released, you know, it would have made a billion dollars probably. And, you yeah. know, it was, it kind of came and went. I think it had a little bit more of a budget than some of the movies we were talking about. Oh, it's got about. sequels. There, it there's, there's sequels just, this movie. Just alone as far as I know. But I've, I don't, don't quote me on that. I've never watched the sequels. No, you, that's I correct. Think. Yeah. I think no. like Dave Bautista shows up in them or something. I don't know if he's meant to replace Schwarzenegger, and I don't think any of them had a theatrical release. I think they were a little bit more straight to straight to streaming or straight to video types. So yeah. I anyway, yeah. So I, I but I encourage people to check it out. I, I don't. I think if you're a fan of those actors, it's it's worth your time. Form your own opinion, like you can with any one of these movies. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and keep supporting the movies.